So I have some questions to respond to. And there's a certain common theme in them that you can probably work out for yourself. It's the dilemma of the person, which is the the major dilemma that we come across person. The person is the doer, the one who's trying to meditate, make it work, um, and so forth. First person, when I sit in meditation, when the mind is not wandering into what I could or should be doing, sometimes the feeling is subtle and sometimes it is intense. Rarely is it relaxed. When the bell goes, I feel relieved, it's over. Mm. The samadhi that you describe where the mind becomes composed, I feel like I've experienced that more when sitting on the couch with a cup of tea than on the cushion. Meditation seems to have become a real chore with a real somebody who wants to get somewhere. Can you suggest a way to approach this? Mm. So, in this retreat, um, so I'm not using a bell, so that could be interesting to find out when you decide you're meditating, when you decide you're not. <laughs> What's the difference? If there's a relief from the meditation period, uh, how do you come out of, when you're doing your meditation, how do you come out of that? If there's no sudden bell, it's just a sense that you continue sitting here or whatever, and maybe you open your eyes and what has changed? What, where's the relief? Hmm. What has changed? If you're not trying to rein the mind in, maybe? Not trying to um, calm down, maybe? Um, feeling you're in a wider space because your eyes are open? Hmm? Yeah? This, maybe, you know, you don't even have to verbalize it. Notice now I'm meditating and now I'm not meditating. Where's the boundary between the two? Yeah, and when I am sort of just sitting down and maybe having drunk five cups of tea <laughs> on the couch, I feel well. Yeah, I think I've got what I can out of that in terms of relaxing. Uh, now finish with the tea. What, what changes to make that meditation? How do I enter? What do I do? from sitting here to call it meditation. These are quite important uh, transitions. What happens? Maybe you say, well, I kind of get more attentive. Apply more attention. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you need to do that? Maybe you were focusing on a particular theme, like breathing in and out, because that's why I suggested. And now, okay, enough of that. So there's a sense of relaxing the attention. But of course, the attention 
there is that sense of relief perhaps but then you might notice after a few minutes your attention starts getting pulled by thoughts and physical discomfort and sort of getting a bit bored or what to do next so your attention gets captured again and there's another quality called intention which is your motivation experience yeah. your motivation, your sense of what you're doingness within, within any, any, any sphere of attention if you see what I mean you know what I mean, a sphere of attention, so now my eyes are open, my attention covers this this room, the screen in the middle of it, I'm lightly attentive of the whole room and a screen in the middle of it, so my sphere of attention is that and there's a centre to it. And yeah, Now my intention, my motivation would be, I want to focus on the screen, I want to focus on that Buddha Rupa on the, in that zoom screen. The intention then focuses in. And what kind of quality is it? Is it um, happy to do that or does it feel it should do that? Do I quite enjoy looking at the Buddha Rupa on the screen or do I feel, okay, that's the meditation object, try to be aware of that. Just notice what affects your intention. And I would suggest, you know, for a lot of us this is really quite personal and subtle as to where the attention you know sits steady and your intention has got a certain interested happy quality to it and that's partly to do with what you contact you know so um, you know if I'm looking at Buddha image quite agreeable for looking out the trees around the Waikuti, that's quite pleasant to look at. Yeah, it's got a nice sense of space, I like the space, makes me feel relieved. And maybe when I start focusing on my breathing, I, I sort of the space disappears and I get quite close up to it, so I've got to study it. And do I need to do that? Is it possible to have your mode of attention rather as if you're looking out over the ocean or out my cootie looking at the trees, leaves, you know, branches are blowing in the wind. That's quite comfortable. Well, I'm kind of interested in the whole scenario of that thing. You know, the trees, leaves moving. As I notice that, I might focus, oh yeah, there's a lot of wind out there. The wind is moving the trees. A common theme in that is the wind. There's the oak tree and the maple tree and the, that tree, but the leaves and some of the flowers are moving, plants are moving. A common theme is the, is the movement of the air. Now could it be, in a similar way as I'm sitting here, keeping a wide sense of a body sitting here and trying to make it comfortable, and you've got to work with that of course to get the sense of support. This, this, my attention is whole body. I don't have to find it because it's here. Just like look out the door, there's the trees. I sit here, feel this sense of something familiar that's got firmness to it, degree of warmth to it. Oh, that's it, all right. There it is. Yep, that's it. 
I don't have to kind of focus on it in that way. I just receive that body experience and warm, solid and space, you know. And within all that, there's this movement. I call that breathing, just like the movement of the trees. You know? And it's sort of certainly something quite soothing about that. I wonder what will happen I don't know what's going to happen but that's quite comfortable so because of that I kind of disengage from other things I'm not really so interested in the little bits and pieces on the walls or the um, you know or memories about yesterday no I'm not interested in that this is quite nice just to be with this hmm yeah, I can be with this. Mm. Mm. Settle into it, get more interested because it's quite agreeable. Oh, do you notice that? How the in breath, different shift to the out breath? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Out breath is kind of, oh, releasing, isn't it? Mm. So you kind of can. Let it, let it speak a little more fully as you get interested in it. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, one of the qualities that is a um, hallmark of meditation or its practice is called viveka, which means it's not so much what you do is what you stop doing. You disengage disengage so there's the you know the clock and uh, you know we're often running on a certain degree of momentum tomorrow and job and duties and the chores and okay and I've got an hour of half an hour of meditation 45 minutes of meditation do that and then, and then uh, get the meditation try to do the best I can with that Mm, wrong, wrong, no, not right, not quite right. Too much like work, too much like mopping the floor. No, let's just unplug from that, from those, that energy, that attitude. Time to enjoy, time to enjoy simplicity. Time to enjoy simplicity, <laughs> enjoy nature. Unplug from those... Uh, drives and when you unplug you think oh don't want to bother look at that I'm not interested in that yeah just put the tomorrow to one side and yeah that's forget about the Olympic Games or whatever it is (laughs) just for now enjoy the simplicity Mm -hmm. so it's it's a shift and the disengagement is quite is very significant Um, because it is the gear shift Mm. and so in our daily life often our gear shift is in first, second, third or top gear you know depending on where you're going how much you have to do sometimes it can be really high speed and sometimes it's just okay this and then that and then this and there's a certain energy that becomes habituated right it becomes that's the way we operate this and we do that and this and that uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but now we're going to shift gear 
into more receptive, like you're coming into neutral. How is it now? And making a point, a practice of keep disengaging the gear shift. You know, when it starts to move forward, disengage it, disengage it. That's disengaging contact impressions, what your what your mind is contacting, just unplug. Disengaging that kind of intentionality, you know, that kind of do it intentionality, disengage that. And your attention is engaged, but it's engaged with holding a kind of a holistic experience, which is there's an embodiment, there's a sense of at ease with oneself, there's a sense of balance and attentiveness and listening. So it's really these kind of psychological qualities of interest, listening, uh, comfortable, yeah. And also the the steady supportive quality that the body brings if you get it in the right position, sit in the chair, walk up and down, stand, sit, you know, and just ground yourself so it's, you don't have to do very much. And it's it's getting those just lining those up or feeling your way into the to the holistic experience. That you can sit in, that you can rest your heart in. This is a heart-based practice. So the tonality of the heart is pretty significant. Yeah. And on the purely kind of ordinary mental level, what we're doing is, what's it doing that for? It's not getting anywhere. And what's the point? You know, it's the going so well, you make got to get results going. But we disengage that particular faculty and to the heart quality of appreciation and warmth, loving kindness, my well-being, my balance is rather precious and we get interested. Yeah. So you might need to work on, or work, you know, I say it again, but <laughs> cultivate or let grow the heart qualities and bring in the body as is suitable. Yeah. You know, just how much of an object you need to give you support. Because generally if you just get the heart there, that's very nice, but often it needs something to ground itself in. Or if you're starting from the body, remember we're talking about embodiment being quite a wide experience, you know, the sense of the physicality sitting within a space, it's a holistic experience includes the immediate place we're sitting in yeah and so you might need to start with just how does this body sit how does it feel how does the back feel yeah and then from there how do i get a general sense of you know good feeling towards that what brings that to me just the rather sensitive and um, vulnerable experience of having a body brings up perhaps the right kind of heart conditions. Mm-hmm. So these are avenues that you might like to play with. Um, and as I said, right at the beginning, notice the transition between meditating and not meditating. 
and you'll learn something. Yeah? Not meditating at first is quite a relief and then your mind gets distracted. Meditating at first seems quite a good idea and then it starts to get tight. So try to stay on the edge of meditating and not meditating at the same time. <laughs> Meditate with a mind that doesn't meditate. So that's my suggestion, settling in. Now let's have a look. Another question. Receiving or attuning to what is given is sometimes tricky due to personal or social conditioning. Receiving can be difficult if from an early age heart qualities are not given welcome, cherishing, etc. Uh That's why we have to return to more nature. Mm. So it's not always the case that the human social or even familial family experience is one that's uh, cherishing and loving and, and so forth. Or it can be, but sometimes it can be, there can be difficult instances within that where one feels, you know, uh, left out, or excluded, or judged, or something. Mm. And those things do stay with us, even if they were most of the time we were kind of okay, but we did have some rough experiences. You know, so it's those pieces that often stay and make us feel we have to two things we have to, we have to deserve which is, I don't deserve, I haven't done enough to deserve to receive anything. I should earn something. That's a strong social conditioning. Another condition is I don't feel safe enough to allow, to open up, to receive things. I feel too vulnerable. These are heart conditions. Perhaps we don't really know what it feels like to be given to. Or we've lost contact with that. We've earned things. We've done deals to get people's approval. Once again, we try to just... uh, understanding this and return to the simple experience of embodiment and where one feels nervous or agitated or not able to settle well, how that's experienced we don't feel we can be receptive how is that you know that what would you call it a boundary an edginess a defensiveness a, a non-relaxation how is that experienced mm. and so we experience that that slightly tense or non-releasable, um, agitated condition. Okay, there's that. Now I, so I receive that. Mm, and, uh, yeah. and just feeling the breathing and generating the core, you know, that, that sense of there is a body here breathing, sitting, you don't have to receive anything. <laughs> you know, 
And what would it be like to feel safe and you didn't have any obligation? So there's a certain deepening that occurs whenever you sit still, go into your embodied zone, your embodied territory, however troubled that is, there's a deepening there. And that deepening, the fact that we can deepen at all, you know, certain resources are present. One is how we're able to, the, the chitta, the heart is able to, this is its territory. And however difficult or turbulent that territory is, the heart is able to sympathize with it. So it's sympathy for the unrelaxed, agitated state, not trying to change it. Okay, how is that? And do I even feel it in certain parts of my body? Does my soft tissues feel a little bit tense? You know? Okay, and receiving in those areas, that, that sense, with a quality of non-resistance, non-compulsion, openness. Just feels like this now, feels like this now, feels like this now. No pressure, no hurry. So there's a lot of very steady loving that is the natural language of the chitta. It doesn't have to decide to be loving. Just the chitta is naturally, its natural language, if you like, has a loving quality to it because it's sympathetic. But to directly experience one's nervousness or closure of some kind with a sympathetic quality of heart and feel what happens in your body, feel what's happening in the embodied domain. So this isn't just the physical body, but the sense of how much space you have around you around your body, how grounded your body feels. So sensing all of that. Is the space around you open or is it something you feel closure around? And can there be a welcoming into your into your own space? So these are kind of themes you can just resonate with as you're sitting or standing or walking. And you might find it easier to cultivate that even when you're walking, because when you're walking there's a little bit more of, I'm not just being a passive object, you know, I've got some juice here, I can move around. And so if the experience of receiving brings up a certain um, vulnerability, you know, then the fact that I can walk around gives me a little bit more, you know, strength, you might say, walk around just receiving the space that opens around me, the sights that come in, you know, the, the sights, the sounds. And so you can cultivate walking, receiving the sense domain without clinging to it. And so that, then it's all and it just flows through and you kind of get that 
loosening up of the boundaries of attention. So another question, person realizes when they sit in meditation or do walking meditation, I realize my body sucks in the air and it just holds its breath for some seconds, sometimes maybe five seconds, sometimes even longer. When this happens, I try to observe this and not interpret it too much. Is it the right approach to just observe this phenomenon and be with it, or is the holding of the breath already the result of a misguided practice? I don't know. But um, it may be that the breathing is not a suitable meditation theme, meditation topic. Because breathing is part of one aspect of what's called Kaya Sankara, which means the general embodied energy, you know, like the vitality of the body, the energy channels that runs down energy channels. So breathing in out is considered to be the governor, the guide of this Kaya Sankara. But it can also be the case that the breathing in out is captured by certain negative influences in the body. Uh, for example, um, shock uh, or, or compulsive reflexes or anxiety reflexes so it might be very jittery and then the body just starts to tighten up it's not a decision it's a it's a reflex it's a it's certainly not not a choice it just the body just does it because it's something like a trapped nerve you might say so it could be the case that because it doesn't seem as if that's quite appropriate if the body is sucking and, and holding breath, it seems as if that fundamentally there's a negative um, effect happening there. Mm. So it may be better just to do walking, focusing on the movement of the body when you walk, and standing, focusing on the sensations or the, the energy in your body when you stand. Mm. You do standing meditation, you get the sense of the, you know, what is it that holds the body up, the balance, the whole body, from the top of the head to the soles of the feet, and walking the same thing, the soles of the head to the, the soles of the feet, not the soles of the head, <laughs> the soles of the feet to the top of the head, the whole thing moving along, so the upright axis and then the, the lateral axis, the width of the body, just like a sail moving along. You know, on a, on a mast as we move through the sense spheres until the body begins to feel very comfortable and really it's best to get the sense of the body feeling comfortable and unified and settled and then it when it does so it begins to breathing a comfortable breathing comes to the fore so what I'm suggesting is you don't start with breathing, you start with getting your body established and let it, in its own time, you know, as it becomes comfortable and established, and then it feel the breathing then. Now, the, um, one of the drawbacks with breathing you know, for many people is they normally experience it just purely from their, say, their nose down to 
the diaphragm and uh, because that's what we imagine breathing is, the airflow of air. Um, but uh, the proper focus is to experience the entire body. Yeah. Now you might say, well, I don't breathe through my feet. Well, maybe not. But can you experience, can you be in contact with the whole body as you're breathing? So, palms of your hands, soles of the feet, there's the whole body, chest, back, feel the extent of it, the width, the uprightness. Just get that to feel like one piece, one thing, one entity, one frame of reference. All of that. Now within that, you don't have to locate a particular point just sustaining that frame of reference lingering you can probably feel some breathing happening and you don't need to locate it as in my belly or my diaphragm or my throat as if the entire body the entire body is listening right now for example you know you may think how can you do that that seems strange. Well, imagine you, you know, you have, you're making a campfire and you build a little fire and you sit around it. And some, you know, you can sit around it at five metres away from the fire and you can still see the fire. You can still feel the effect. You don't have to sit on top of it to feel it. <laughs> right? So you can have quite a big circle. And you find if you do that with a group of people, they will find where they want to sit in relationship to that fire. None of them are going to want to sit right on top of it. <laughs> right? And yet everyone will be saying, oh yes, I experienced the fire, but it's a nice fire, that's a pleasant fire, that's a nice bonfire. You know, I can feel the warming effect, I can see the light, but I'm, you know, three metres away from it or whatever. Similarly, you, you keep your body like the circle, you know, around the breathing, and you can discern breathing and you don't have to get up close tight to it. And you might find that that wider frame of, of, of attention helps some of the energies in the body to find their balance. Because primarily a lot of body energy is adapted to certain psychological um, missions the mission to achieve, the mission to get things done, you know, the mission to arrive somewhere, the mission to hold on, the mission to figure things out. You know, there's a certain intentionality that becomes habitual. The mission to defend oneself, the mission to make sure you look okay and nobody's going to blame you, the mission to fit in. We have these underlying psychological missions and those heart impressions have an effect on our breathing. We don't decide that they'll have it. They do, just because the heart and the body on an energetic level are not separate. So the way that your heart operates yeah, will affect how your breathing feels. So if our heart's been operating with a sense of 
trying to behave myself, make sure that other people don't disapprove of me, get my job done, uh, because otherwise I feel guilty, um, get positive results, I'll be accepted. Those kind of qualities, which are not evil, are quite normal qualities, worldly qualities, they cause a certain constriction, certain pressures in the body system. And breath is a readout of that, a reading of that. Something can't quite allow and release. Something holds on and, and we don't know what it is and why, because it's not happening from a deliberate level, it's happening as a reflex. So maybe we need to just reset our whole embodiment experience in the first place as that gets more settled and, and at ease and non-defended and not trying to be something. The tonality of that, relieving the heart, perhaps then the breathing itself becomes something that is free of these unfortunate reflexes. It's very often the case that uh, when things are not comfortable, then we blame ourselves for it. I must be meditating in the wrong way, I'm a control person, uh, I'm a very nervy person, I've got kinds of bad karma. Very easy to start the blaming process. <laughs> So whenever that starts, even if it's subtle, you recognise, no, that's not, that's not an accurate process. It's not a process that can ever have a skillful result. The process that has a skillful result is, body's not happy. Body's not happy. How would it be happy? How would it feel comfortable? And stop the self-reference. Yeah. Stop the self-reference to I'm doing it wrong, right? I'm not doing it right. Stop that. Just how does the body get to feel more settled? Yeah. And you'll, you'll avoid a lot of um, unfortunate mental and heart processes if you cultivate without this sense of self. Okay, so... Thank you for your questions.